0: This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Now, uh,
1: as you know, the, there was a marathon summit this weekend uh, where Europe's leaders came to an agreement about Greece. I wonder what is your view of the agreement? What are the pros and cons?
0: Well, essentially, it's an agreement to continue the negotiations towards a, a third bailout of Greece. And uh, the little that we know about the terms, um, I think, uh, very clearly signals that the hardliners um, won, right, and that uh, Greece is being asked uh, to uh, meet uh, very specific conditions for in exchange for a bailout. Uh, I think the reason for that is that, as you know, Greece has been dragging its feet for the last six months, um, not really implementing any reforms, not really coming up with a plan as to how to uh, return its economy to uh, something, uh, you know, an economy that can compete in the, in, uh, globally. Uh, at the same time, I'd also like to mention something that I think is really important, which is that the summit uh, that took place over the weekend and the uh, marathon meeting uh, uh, itself uh, was really about uh, uh, a contrast between two conceptions of Europe. Uh, On the one hand, the French conception, which is that a united Europe is better than a divided Europe uh, and uh, we should try to keep it uh, united at any cost. And then the German uh, view, which is, uh, yes, a united Europe is generally preferable but not at any cost, right? Uh, and so, in the end, the French view prevailed. So Germany, in other words, I think, essentially made a concession saying, okay, we'll bail out Greece for a third time. That's my assessment of the
2: situation. Well, ac- actually, it's not yet an agreement. This is the interesting thing. It's uh, an agreement that if Greece does certain things uh, by Wednesday, then they will start discussions for a new bailout program for Greece. Now, of course, uh, there was great relief uh, after 17 hours marathon meeting. Everybody thought that, uh, wow, there is a solution. But uh, I'm afraid there is a long way to go. And uh, some uh, the heart of the problems uh, have not been addressed. Uh, the the issue of debt sustainability, uh, that uh, the IMF came out recently, and there is also today a report by Reuters that the IMF informed the leaders just after the meeting that Greece' debt is not sustainable as they need much more dramatic uh, extension or upfront haircuts. So that problem has not been addressed. Uh, another major concern is that the reform agenda that uh, included in the deal that prime minister accepted experience tells us that this kind of agenda works if the country has ownership so an agenda that was imposed on greece after these very strenuous negotiations uh, it's not clear how it's going to work so so, so it, it, it was a step in, uh, in some direction, it does address some issues, uh, if uh, uh, the Greek government, the prime minister manages to keep his government together and pass uh, the required reforms, this is positive, but I'm concerned that this was again one extended pretend uh, decision.
1: Now, given that Greek voters in the referendum a few days earlier had rejected most of the terms of this agreement, do you think the Tsipras administration Uh, will get the political support required to implement it? Or do you think uh, it was an attempt by the European leaders to force regime change?
0: uh, Well, I think uh, there's a little bit of everything that you've mentioned. Um, So there are two steps here. One is uh, the Greek parliament needs to enact uh, to approve some of those reforms, pension reforms, uh, the uh, uh, raising the uh, uh, sales tax, the value added tax, and so on. Uh, and then the second step, of course, is implementation of those reforms, right? Because you can approve as many reforms as you want, but if you don't follow through, you don't uh, actually make sure over the next months and years that you implemented them correctly, then uh, uh, it, they won't have uh, their intended effects. So the issue right now, I think, is that uh, Tsipras, the prime minister, uh, has essentially agreed, as you mentioned, to terms that were explicitly rejected by more than 60 percent of the Greek population in the referendum. So he is risking a rebellion uh, from within his party. Uh, I would assume that some of the opposition parties would actually vote in favor of the reforms. right? So that would create an even more uh, bizarre situation in the next uh, few weeks in the sense that the prime minister would be supported in parliament, not by his own party, but rather by some other parties, right? So in other words, this is a long way to say that the situation is in flux, that the situation is very volatile. And I personally would be surprised if uh, this government fell, right, if the uh, uh, The Tsipras government were to uh, fall, Uh, Greece is a parliamentary system, so essentially that doesn't mean there would be new elections. Uh, What it would mean is that uh, the parties represented in parliament would try to look for another coalition or another uh, way of uh, governing the country.
2: There has been a tradition, unfortunately, in Europe to force a regime change when they did not like it. Uh, we have seen it happening for example in Italy the prime minister the newly elected prime minister he seems to be very popular um, the, the referendum on the one hand strengthened his internal popularity. people realized very quickly that things were going to be much worse uh, and it's not clear if a yes vote would have made a difference the fact the the, the real, Uh, adverse effect on the bailout, the reason this new bailout is so strict, is not the yes or no in the referendum, it's more the fact that Greece for five months was negotiating without making progress and things were getting worse and worse and worse. This is what makes the big difference. Uh, If the bailout got worse because of the no, that would be vindictive. On the part of the Europeans, and I hope that's not the case. The issue that you're very correctly raising, and many are asking, is will the government survive? Holds a referendum to reject a proposal, and then they accept uh, even a stricter proposal. It seems that uh, the Prime Minister will have enough support in his party, plus. Support from the other pro-European parties like the Socialist, PASOK, and New Democracy to push the required legislation through. So he's going to win the current vote. But then what happens? You are going to be in power, and a big part of your own party is not supporting you? This is a big question mark. Uh, Although the junior partner in the current government, Although they said they will reject the agreement, they would vote no in the parliament, they will still support the prime minister because they feel he had done everything he could and there was no other option. So it's a, another issue hanging over this agreement, going back to your first question.
1: Right. Now, given the obvious political risk involved, why do you think the Greek government preferred to accept these terms rather than a Grexit? and as you know the critics have described uh, this agreement as humiliating and compared it to the Versailles Treaty of 1919 uh, I wonder if you agree with the critics
0: uh, well the terms are tougher I wouldn't say they're very hard but they're tougher than they were two or three weeks ago and the reason for that is that whatever trust you know Europeans have in Greece has evaporated right uh, the important thing to keep in mind is that at least the way the, uh, Europe, the, the uh, you know, European uh, group has uh, uh, communicated the agreement is that Greece, in order to get the bailout, has to pass those reforms in the next few days, right? Uh, so in other words, uh, it seems as if nobody's willing to take, uh, you know, work, uh, Greece's or the prime minister's uh, word for whatever it's worth right because well they've changed course and they've demonstrated time and again that they're not uh, reliable uh... so i think that's one important aspect right uh... but the other issue here once again is that uh... the uh... party that supports the government the main party supporting the government Syriza, is a left-wing anti-austerity uh, uh... party uh... that is in essence very populist right? uh... and It's going to be really hard for that kind of a party to support uh, the kind of uh, austerity measures that the Europeans uh, are asking in return for a third bailout. Now, why did this happen? Why did uh, the terms get tougher? Well, once again, because the Europeans no longer trust the Greeks. uh, And uh, how did they make uh, a agree to it? I think it was just a question of, hey, you don't agree to this. We will cut off the funding and your banks will collapse. So I think there was a very clear message over the weekend sent to Greece in the sense that, you know, it's in your hands, but we can, you know, uh, stop this. We're not going to go along with, uh, you know, what has been going on over the last six months. In other words, the uh, the rest of Europe wants uh, a change in, in the behaviour by by Greece.
2: The, the, the comparison with the Versailles Treaty, it's, it's, it's very tricky to do historical uh, comparisons. Uh, I mean, for one thing, we have to be clear when we say that. The Versailles Treaty, in those days, Germany was paying, while Greece, even if it has a sustainable debt and needs debt relief, right now is paying very little. That is a grace period. So historical comparisons may have some appeal, but uh, they have never fully accurate. On the humiliation, it is true. Unfortunately, it is true. Uh, When the Greek government uh, and the prime minister, even after winning the referendum, realized that there were not many options and he was not willing to abandon the euro, then he should have been shown um, more sympathy, more support. Once he agreed on the reforms and the rolling back some of the legal actions he had taken. He should have been offered more generous terms on, on handling the debt issue, which IMF is bringing up as well, and also more conciliatory uh, tone. You see, the first thing he did after he won the referendum was to ask the very controversial Minister of Finance to step down. At that time, I thought I thought that was a very wise move. You show that internally you have power, but you also show that you remove from your cabinet the controversial figure, the hawks, so to speak. He was not met with similar conciliatory uh, kind of tone from the other side, except from uh, France to a large extent, and uh, Italy, and of course the, the commission. But uh, Germany, the big uh, player and the big creditor, was constantly raising the stakes, including the very ill-conceived uh, idea of a temporary exit from the euro.
1: Right. As we know, the agreement provides a multi-billion dollar bailout, but also calls for severe austerity. Uh, what, do you, what impacts do you think this will have on the Greek economy?
0: Let's just make two assumptions. One assumption is Greece stays within the eurozone, zone, right? Then in that case, you don't want to be in a situation in which every two or three years you have to extend uh, another lifeline to Greece, right? Whether it's a bailout or it's some kind of financial support, right? You want the Greek economy to become competitive again, right? Uh, Well, that's going to be hard because Greece, uh, the Greek economy has not been doing well for the last uh, 10, 15, 20 years. And... uh, It's going to be very hard within one or two or three years to reverse that situation, right? So it's going to be very tough, right? And this is why a lot of people are saying this amounts to just kicking the the can down the road by some time because there's no way that if this third day lasts for three years, right? That's the the plan. There's no way that the Greek economy can stage a comeback in just three years. I mean, the kinds of reforms that we need to implement uh, would need to be uh, pursued for a long period of time, so that the economy becomes competitive again. So that's the first assumption. The second assumption is that Greece leaves the euro, and in that case, uh, well, Greece would continue to be a member of the European Union, but not of the eurozone. But it would have its own currency, it could devalue the currency, it would become competitive uh, very quickly. It would have other problems, many other problems. Uh, the short-term shock would be tremendous. Uh, and in that case, which is what Germany threatened, if you remember, over the weekend, uh, in that case, then the the Greeks can, you know, continue doing what they've been doing for the last, uh, you know, twenty or thirty years, uh, but with their own
2: currency. Well, th- th- this is again the reason why I am not very optimistic, as it has not addressed the, the essence uh, of the problems. Uh, this is the part where uh, Greece was right, saying more and more austerity is driving the economy into recession and uh, is making the problem worse and worse. Uh, the, the data show that uh, Greece has now the same loss, the same percentage of GDP, like the United States. During the Great Depression, the numbers are the same, and it has been going on for much longer. So, so Greece is right, and many American economies have been criticizing the Europeans uh, with this um, kind of insistence on uh, austerity. Uh, on the other hand, Greece needs the reforms. So, the positive thing is that the Greek government accepted. Uh, the reform legislation it is much easier now for a left government that uh, is putting a signature on the deal to push through this because the, the center-right governments, when they were putting their signature, they would get fierce opposition from the left, from uh, Mr. Tsipras and his party, and things would not go very far. Um, so having a left government putting a signature, at least there there is a ray of hope, that the reforms will go through. But uh, we are not going to see growth uh, coming very quickly. It's well understood that uh, reforms take time to pay the economic recovery.
1: Right. Uh, What do you think will be the impact on the rest of the eurozone?
0: Well, I think at this point uh, governments, uh, banks and even the market investors, I think have already started to think about what will happen if uh, Greece were to uh, leave the uh, the eurozone. I think it would be uh, logical to think that there would be some, you know, turbulence in the markets, but I don't think it would be anything like uh, 2008, okay, at all. Uh, I think uh, the more extensive damage would be over the long run uh, to the uh, Process and project of European integration, because essentially it would be a major setback. Right? I mean, the introduction of the euro in 1999 was a major step forward in integrating all of these economies. If Greece were to leave, uh, that would be a, a major step back, and that would also mean that any other country within the uh, euro zone uh, could be subject to the same uh, outcome. Right. So we we'll need to reduce an element of uncertainty. Right. And it could also complicate, I think, uh, the British uh, process in terms of uh, you know, the referendum that uh, the Prime Minister, uh, David Cameron, is planning for the UK, uh, in this case uh, for European Union membership. Uh, so this is why the uh, government officials and the uh, European Union officials who really believe in integration and they want Europe to become more integrated, why they want to avoid uh, a Greek exit at any cost, right? because it would be such a reversal, such a uh, you know, uh, setback, uh, it would be very difficult to overcome.
2: Well, the, the rest of the eurozone, I mean, uh, one of the reasons Greece got such a bad deal or a very strict deal was when the, the rest of Europe realized that the markets were not uh, reacting to the potential of a Greek exit. So everybody felt that the common currency could survive uh, without a uh, negative impact. There was a very small increase uh, in the yields of the periphery countries like Spain, Portugal, and Cyprus, but that very quickly went back. So uh, and that was part of the argument for those in favor of Brexit that without Greece, the rest of the euro zone would be stronger. Uh, so there is no impact there. Uh, but it has created a lot of uh, ill will at the political front, at a time when Europe needs uh, more integration and uh, it's losing the faith of its citizens. So you see a lot of uh, resentment that uh, this is not a union. Uh, based on uh, solidarity and uh, uh, these nice values that were the founding fathers, but it's based on uh, everybody's personal interest. And unfortunately, local politics played an important role in the drama. The Greek prime minister uh, could not deliver what he ought to deliver, that was reforms, and because of his own internal political Base, and the German Chancellor could not deliver what she should deliver, which is more generous support and debt relief. Again, because of her own internal uh, political base, and this is a big concern when the Euro European you know, wide decisions uh, are affected so much by internal politics. And of course, you know having, uh, there are also governance issues that have been raised, I mean, having head of state debating for 17 hours hmm. so, to come up with an agreement I would be concerned, I wouldn't trust anybody after 17 hours in a room <laughs> to have a kind of clarity of mind to make a right decision
1: now, but What role do you think the different perspectives of the Germans and the French towards the Eurozone played in the way the negotiations with Greece progressed?
0: Well uh, Germany, as we know from statements and also from uh, internal documents that were leaked, was uh, very much ready to let the uh, agreement go, right? Uh, given that it's not that they've run out of patience, it's that they just see no, no end to this series of uh, of uh, bailouts, right? And uh, along with Germany, we find countries such as Finland, even the Netherlands and some of the Eastern European countries, especially the smaller ones, that also believe that, you know, why should, uh, you know, uh, Greece get uh, special treatment, right? Uh, now the French, however, as you know, have always been so much more interested in European integration, in part because it helps them, uh, you know, uh, balance out uh, a little bit Germany, right? Germany now is a much bigger economy than France and it's performing much better. Uh, And so the French have just the opposite view. And they've had this view for, you know, the last 30 or 40 years, which is that more integration is always better uh, and that we shouldn't let any country, whether it's Greece or anybody else, uh, fall through the cracks uh, uh, or fall off the cliff. Uh, You know, they're always invoking European solidarity and they're always invoking the principle that more integration is always better at any cost.
2: Well, I think Fra- Fran- France was uh, c- catalytic in reaching an agreement because they, they first uh, they were the first ones to get up and say the Greek proposal makes sense, a good basis for negotiation. That influenced positively a lot of the bad will that the negotiating strategy of uh, Minister Varoufakis had created. Then France was very vocal and adamant about no uh, Exit from the eurozone. We are not going to kick out any country. If uh, France had not said that so firmly, uh, that strategy that uh, Minister Schäuble had proposed could have uh, gained momentum. Then, the one aspect of the German proposal that uh, was humiliating, and that's where the comparison with Versailles was made, is that Greek assets would be oh, 50 billion euros, about 25% of the country's GDP, should be transferred to a foundation in Luxembourg to be disposed of and pay back the debt. It is was unthinkable. I mean, you are, you are selling one-fourth of the country. Um, so, and the, uh, the French uh, suggestion there, which carried the day, was the assets that could be privatized uh, should be placed in a fund in Greece, run by the Greek government, under the supervision of the of the Troika. So these things are, are symbolic, and that's another part of the deal that I think is pie in the sky. Like uh, uh, It was in the original program that 50 billions would be raised from uh, privatizing state-owned enterprises. They managed to raise 1 billion. So it's very likely that this this plan of raising 50 billion will materialize, um, but uh, even so, to have taken assets and put them in a uh, vehicle outside the jurisdiction of the country, um, it's that's it a humiliation and loss of sovereignty. And uh, French uh, uh, president was influential in avoiding that.
1: Got it. Uh, so, so what do you think happens next? As you uh, said. Uh, you know, trust in Greece has eroded, Uh, but to some extent this has also affected the rest of Europe. Uh, How can trust between members of the Eurozone, which has been so severely damaged, to be restored?
0: Well, as you know, trust uh, takes a long time to build, uh, but it only takes, uh, you know, a day, or even less than a day, to destroy. This is the problem with trust, right? Uh, And uh, the issue right now is that you cannot trust the Greeks just because they have these crazy negotiating tactics. You cannot trust them because, you know, they don't have good statistics, right, about what's going on in their own economy. You cannot trust them because they don't have the state structures, for example, to be able to collect taxes. As you know, tax evasion is a major problem. And it's not something that you can legislate. I mean, you need the tax inspectors, you need the tax collectors, you need the information systems, you need everything. To be in place, an infrastructure in order to be able to collect taxes. That's not something that you can create, uh, you know, by by the end of this month, right? Uh, so I think that the uh, rebuilding uh, that trust uh, will take a long time. Now there is this problem, this rift between Greece and the rest of Europe, but there's also another rift, as you know, which is between the hardliners and uh, the rest right, with uh, Germany and France being respectively the two leading countries in each uh, of those two camps. Uh, So you have many, many rifts, right? Uh, And the, uh, I think the most uh, worrisome thing about Europe right now is that those divisions have gotten bigger over the last 10 years. They haven't gotten smaller. They've gotten way bigger, right? Uh, Which is kind of counterintuitive because the process of European integration was meant to reduce those uh, conflicts and those divisions. In fact, what we are seeing now is that the very process of integration has magnified, has exacerbated
2: uh, those differences. Okay. From, from the Greek uh, side, they have to deliver on the reforms. I mean, one, one I think uh, serious. Uh, and mistake the Greek government had done was, uh, being a new government having a mandate, they rejected all the agreements of the previous governments. But it does not work like this. I mean, the country has a continuity. So of course, a new government has a mandate, but the mandate is not to uh, is not to violate the previous agreements. So if they now start uh, living up to their promises and uh, they will restore their part of the trust. On the European side, especially Germany, it um, depends how they handle the negotiations for the details of the program. As I said, the, the, the negotiations will start after Greece enacts some some reforms in the next few days. We'll see how Germany handles that part. Then there is a question on a bridge loan, uh, because Greece in the next two weeks, they have to cover up the $1 billion arrears to the IMF. There is, I believe, $3 billion, uh, due to the ECB sometime in July. And Greece has asked, asked for a bridge loan uh, to cover this, while the negotiation for the $50 billion um, three-year program is going on. If Europe uh, appears uh, supportive there, then you see the trust being uh, they have to work together. and There is no other way at this point.
1: Interesting. Uh, so last question. If you were asked to propose a solution that helps to rebuild the Greek economy and strengthens its ability to repay its debts, what would you recommend? Well,
0: um, as you know, I've been on uh, several podcasts, and uh, videocasts uh, produced by Knowledge Outwarden over the last couple of years, and I, I, I continue to say the same uh, things that uh, should be done, right? I mean so number one is uh, given that the European Union and the Eurozone are relatively tightly integrated in terms of trade uh, It doesn't make any sense for everyone every country in the block to engage in austerity policy simultaneously, right? Uh, so in other words uh, I have always advocated for Germany and the other surplus economies, the economies that are doing well, uh, to spend more. Uh, so the government should spend more and households should spend more, wages should be increased. Because part of that uh, spending power would uh, trickle down to uh, the uh, uh, European periphery. Uh, because the Germans purchase goods and services from Greece or from Spain or from Portugal and so on and so forth, right? So that's the first point, right? The second point is that the European Central Bank should be more aggressive uh, along the lines of the Federal Reserve uh, a few years ago in terms of uh, making sure that uh, uh, the current situation in terms of deflation uh, ends as quickly as possible. Uh, because you see, deflation is not only bad for the economy in general, but it's also bad for people or companies that have accumulated too much debt. Right? When you have a lot of debt, it really helps you, there's inflation, right? Mm-hmm. Because you can service the debt with money that is you know, paying, paying back the loan, with money that is worth less than when you receive the loan, right? But under deflation, the opposite is true, right? Uh, so, second point is the European Central Bank, I think, should be uh, much, much more uh, aggressive, right? And I think the third is a rather obvious one, which is at some point, uh, kicking the can down the road will, you know, not be a an option, right? At some point, maybe it will be in two years from now, or in five years from now, I don't know. And at that point, I think uh, Europe needs to decide how many countries uh, are... In a position to play by the rules in the monetary union, uh, we know that Greece, you know, really shouldn't be in the monetary union. The question is, what do you do now that it is in the monetary union? Right, has been for for 12, 13 years. Uh, so that's the third uh, point. Third point is that if you really want to be serious about a monetary union in Europe, first you have to, you know, draw a very, very clear line between the countries that should be part of that union and the countries that shouldn't. And there's nothing wrong with not being part of the Monetary Union, right? Right now, as you know, there are nine countries in the European Union, which are not part of the eurozone, And uh, many of them are doing it really, really well. Uh, so the issue is, uh, once again, I mean, uh, to try to avoid the mistakes of the past and to design a Monetary Union in Europe in such a way that it can be sustainable over the very long run.
2: I mean, the, the two, two legs that I keep repeating. One is the structural reforms that, from the original uh, bailout program, have been proposed. They have been implemented, implemented, uh, do away with the clientelism of the state, uh, more efficient state, a long list of things that are there. At the same time, is uh, debt relief, uh, so Greece realizes that the reforms are used to improve the economy and transfer money for the benefit of the people, then the reforms are simply to pay back the debt. Uh, I think it's a well-accepted maxim. If you are bankrupt and never in your life would pay your debts, then you have no reason to work. If you, you made mistakes, and you are bankrupt and you pay the penalty, uh, at some point they, they let you free to get back and uh, do your economic activity and benefit yourself. This, I think, was one of the major contributions of uh, United States uh, made with the uh, bankruptcy laws and uh, Chapter 11, let people get back on their own feet again. So the, the country needs to get back on its own feet.
1: For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.